Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put a log on the fire and gather around the radio. It's the Bob and is, this a, is this radio this or your life. computer? Gather around your device. <laughs> Get your it in your device. phone way later. Yeah. Uh, reminder, this life's courtesy of Doctor.com. Please support the show by clicking through on that Amazon, Amazon banner for all your shopping needs. Get nothing, pay nothing extra, but uh, we get to stay around as a result. Uh, this Life also loves hearing from you. We'll read your questions. We've got a stack of them today. Uh, we can't put them on every podcast. We'll try to put those on that uh, are appropriate that we can address. Again, that's at doctor.com slash contact. Send your questions there. And, Bob, this episode is courtesy of Allo House Recovery. That is my place in Malibu. I yeah. know everybody, we're, we're a little critical of Malibu treatment, but there's one that's good, and that's mine. It's called Allo, and you can look it up online. It's a lot of information everywhere. Uh, you know, on I'm your prepared. website, on my website. Well, and, and your participation and, and endorsement is all I need to know. I trust you, and yeah. so that that's good enough for me. But, you know, I was, I was doing some, re- I'm preparing for a talk in Georgia I've got to give in a couple of weeks, and I, and I was reading a lot of stuff about how, patients use recovery and i was thinking you know a really good recovery program really adapts to the need that meets the patient where they're at yeah you have yeah and some people it's managing affect some people it's needing social connection social model some people it's dealing with uh you know trauma issues or learning to be close to other people and all and there's a mix with everybody well i have this i have this i've been watching it the last seven ten years is There's the millennials and the younger people, and they have their own separate needs and and difficulties. Unique, unique needs, yeah. Unique and there's a more social, more social engagement, yeah, yeah. And, and which is really interesting. It's a, who would have thought? Yeah, and all you yeah. all you really need is opportunity, inspiration. They stay sober longer just based on community. Yeah, and then you know and, and I know you and and Jason Jason Waller have gone to great lengths to develop that kind of thing, and yeah, then of course. You know, pass it on. One one addict helping another is still fundamental to all that, and that's uh, the magic of all. And that. here's the interesting thing: remember back in the day when I and my friends were being treated by you. If one I didn't went, treat you, it, well, I treated your friends, most of my friends. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but the idea was that once one fell, we would all fall. We'd oh, all go yeah. over to their house and fall. That's yeah. not how these kids are. One falls and they stand, and they get the kid back well, to good. treatment. It's so, weird. So, allorecovery.com. All right. Also, our friends at Bergamet. I'll, I'll tell you, 
They'll tell me about Bergamet late in the show. We spent enough time here. Bergamet, by the way, I'm on Bergamet now, as well as my statin, and, and uh, I'm here to tell you, me and the oh, patients. Oh, they said you could be on both? Yeah, I looked at the research, and uh, it, it uh, there's some added benefit for somebody like me, especially when my weight's up. So I'm, I'm into it, and uh, I've recommended for some patients that don't tolerate statins, and uh, they've had really good results. So I'm, I am a... I'm convinced. I'm a fan. So it's you'll a, be a, a guinea pig. It's Perfect. a supplement. It's not a guinea pig. It's tons of, it's, that's the point. There's tons of research there that, <laughs> that substantiates. I'm, I'm going to watch you. That's fine. But it's it's there's plenty of research to substantiate the benefits from this in terms of both insulin resistance and lowering cholesterol and fatty liver. So all areas, uh, they're important for, for uh, preventing vascular disease and its complications. Now, okay, all right, it's my privilege to welcome Elizabeth Bachner. Elizabeth, I've got a long intro here, so sit tight, okay? Got it. Uh, she has combined her medical board license as a midwife and acupuncture, acupuncturist uh, and delivered a diverse body of skills in pre- and perinatal psychology. The idea is to passionately educate and inspire women to understand their bodies and birthing experiences. She has a degree in child psychology from Tufts. What was your language at Tufts? They require a language. Oh, my God. I almost didn't graduate college because of Which that. Which has a lot of Tufts students, I'm sure. What language? Spanish. Spanish. I fantastic. butcher it all the time. Well, it's a good part of the country to be... Somewhat Spanish fluent. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is uniquely in tune with full spectrum of family needs around birth and baby planning. And and the reason we're doing this is Bob just had a baby. And you have Sunday. And we're going to walk through some of the experiences there and the postnatal, perinatal stuff that you were just complaining about before the mics heated up. Let me let me keep going through Elizabeth's uh, uh, credentials here. She's uh, Los Angeles-based uh, families as a practicing midwife, both at home and an accredited birthing center, Graceful Birthing. She has been passionately dedicated to supporting and inspiring women. She's been on many different television shows. Uh, coming up on Love and Hip Hop, it'll be interesting. Uh, and she has a natural talent when it comes to writing. Has been contributing to well-known blogs. So. Um, and her she wrote articles not only about uh, birthing and perinatal health, but also promoting female empowerment and childbirth tips, and normalizing all choices for the childbirth experience. So empowering women all the way around. Elizabeth, thanks for coming. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love this shirt. So, too. so yeah, thank tell you. us about the shirt. <laughs> the shirt says, um, "My vagina is magical." <laughs> it's true, and Bob, Bob experienced. I just experienced yeah. it. Yeah. And, it's and a again, magical. <clears throat> Just a quick aside, I mean, this life is meant to be about this life, and as our lives are unfolding, things are happening, we want to bring that into this podcast. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we ran into Jen Kirkman last night, and uh, she's listening diligently. She wants to come back and join us. Remember oh, Jen? great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll bring her back. Oh, great. Uh, and I was like so surprised to listen to everyone. I'm like, Jen, really? Great. All right, we'll, we'll keep doing interesting So many things. podcasts to choose from, and they chose, chose us. My daughter's middle name is Magic, Love after it. Magic Johnson. And Magic Vaginas. <laughs> We'll have to get so her that's why that shirt's going to be popular. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so Bob, why don't you walk through your experience, and we can talk about sort of things that come up uh, medically and otherwise around these experiences. First, just let me say that Chrissy is the toughest. I, I can do what I just witnessed last Sunday, Bob. It, <laughs> it is, it, it, Chrissy, it is yes, unbelievable. But ev- every woman, like, we are. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We are humble advisors, humble, loving, humble, humble observers. How did it become? A, it's absolutely true. How, but, and, how, and, and let me tell you, this one I'm pointing at my wife uh-huh. with the triplets. This yeah. one, all I could do is walk behind her. And go, how do you know that? How'd you do that? What do you? What are you going to do? I, I clueless, and thought I understood a little pediatrics. Thought I understood a little bit. No. It's crazy what what women I don't I don't know what I've been questioning the last week is how we became a male dominant society when that is what happens and that an is where that? life comes from. Thank you. That's the whole point of the t-shirt. <laughs> do, do, you have any, do you have any sense of that? Um 
Yes, yes, I do. And part of it comes from my own journey in becoming a midwife because I always say I was a Jewish girl on the East Coast minding my own business. You need to pull oh, that. Thank you. That needs to go oh. directly towards your mouth. Like, like this? Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. So, um, Whereabouts? Where'd you grow? I grew up in uh, Waterford, Connecticut. So I'm a Jewish girl from the East Coast minding my own business, mm-hmm. and I'd already become an acupuncturist, which was already like breaking the boundary barrier mm-hmm. of what I was raised as. Mm-hmm. And um, I was 35 years old at home minding my own business, and I started to get dreams. And the babies were being born into my hands. And I would look up and go, well, Susan, you bring her to your podcast. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. And um, they kept coming every night. And somebody said to me, well, you've received the calling to become a midwife. And I'm like, you are out of your like, what the hell is mind. That? <laughs> yeah. In my family, you go to the hospital, you get drugs, you birth a baby, the doctor does all of that, and then they wash the baby for you, give it to you, and then you put a bow on the baby and you live happily ever after. I was obviously living in a family. Was there a cigar involved in that yeah. also? Is that about what happened, Bob? So, <laughs> or did it involve a guy leaping into your wife's birth canal and pulling out a baby, and then and then all the misery that follows. Uh, Not misery, the, yeah, uh, the intensity, intensity yeah. that follows. But it was... It was it was 30 hours. I think Chrissy's on the line with us. We're going to talk about it. But it went on and on and on. Wait, wait. I, we got to finish that thought okay. about why women ended up. Oh, why women why, yeah, why, are not the center of the universe. Yeah. So in my journey to becoming a midwife, I came out of the the thinking that I was brought up in, which is what I see now as a patriarchal way of looking at things. And it's more linear. And becoming a midwife Um, I say it's all about the babies, but for me, birthing of the babies is the tip of the iceberg. I started to come into this world where the body knows what to do, Mm -hmm. and there is an instinct within us, and then there's the hormones within us, and then there's how our body is made to birth a baby. I mean, the uterus grows. The intestines are pushed out of the way, and they're meant to do that. The hormones in the body um, work in a way to birth a baby out mm-hmm. the vagina and the vagina which if you look at it you know it's what three to four inches all of a sudden expands to birth to fit a head i mean <laughs> it, and the body's not like reading an instruction book or going to lamaze class and going oh okay so right now we're at uh where in the uh we got to do the, it's not linear that way right and so when i started to understand childbirth and how the female body works i started to look at the world completely differently so Kroll and I fight about this all the time, and, and I think that we've hit a time in history when the, the female biological system, which is superior to the male, is more what we need in the current culture, where we're not strictly brute force. You know, yeah. the, 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 if you, you want to know about humans, look at primates, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's very simple. And, and all that you've described evolved in the primate systems. And uh, if you just look at a chimpanzee pod, the big, fighting, aggressive, biting, nasty one controls the thing, and we're done with that now. Mm. We sort of move. We sort of move past that. We th- we think at least we sort of move past that. We're trying. And, but the point is that that. And the other thing was men had a very. We, we do have a much more um, get it done attitude, mm-hmm. and and out you know when it comes to surviving in nature maybe that had a slightly maybe maybe that a slight advantage even the women had to tell us how to actualize it we were right. just going to get it done mm-hmm, piece mm-hmm. Had, had a little bit of an evolutionary advantage so in human history aggression get it done those things had a slight advantage that i think those advantages are not to be found today in fact quite the opposite right but 
um, I want to honor the get it done piece. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, no. mom goes from low risk to high risk. Thank God there's a surgical room. Yeah, Thank yeah. God there's NICUs, you know, and it's about starting to use them appropriately and starting to differentiate in the birth world between low risk childbirth and high risk. Well, in a strange way, Bob, this is a, analogous to what we deal with in 12 step, which saves on average about $10,000 per patient on average mm-hmm. because you can't professionalize your way through what people need in recovery much the way you you shouldn't professionalize all the needs of obstetrical care right mm-hmm. does that make sense i mean yeah. professionalize listen medicalize is a very better word and put it in the medical system mm-hmm. you know, i agree with you yeah. on that mm-hmm. more to the basics rather than to the advanced physics that's what i think okay do you understand what i'm saying no no the basics <laughs> the basics are the, the body does deliver the baby. Mm-hmm. We had a great birthing teacher at, at uh, Kaiser on Sunset, and he kept saying all these different options. All, and in the end, he would, he would always say, but baby will come anyway. <laughs> they always do. Well, I mean, true. look around. Yeah. We've all, we're all here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, as it gets more advanced and, and, you know, all this fancy stuff, L.A. stuff, down to the brass taxes the woman's body and, and the delivery and, of the and baby. if there's a problem there's a system there's right. a backup right so there's a phrase out there that is trust uh trust birth and i do have a oh, challenge like with that but i have a challenge with it um i think birth needs to be respected it's life or death you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. but for two people right but yeah. trust the process mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. They're like thumbprints. Each birth is unique. Each person is unique. But to trust that process and find the surrender in it, whether it is a vaginal birth at a birthing center with water and candles or a cesarean because the baby is communicating, hey, I need to get out of here. You know, and being in surrender to that process, I think, is a very adult place to be to raise a child. Keep yeah. going through your experience. So 30 hours in, you're, I'm sure so, you're very nervous. Yeah, I just was hoping for the best. So then at a certain point, she's having massive contractions and no dilation. Yeah. No right? further. Mm-hmm. No, no further yeah. dilation. Yeah. So then science came in, and this wonderful doctor said, you know, we have this balloon we can put in you. And Chrissy looked at me and just <laughs> like, okay. Okay, that's not, and we could keep just the two of us, just her and I, be in the room together and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so we did that, and that really led to the next morning when her friend, who's a midwife or just delivered babies, came, and then her mom came, and then we're pushing, pushing, pushing with the nurse at the hospital, and it's not it's not working after two hours. And I think that's when I talked to you. I went outside and I Is said... Is two hours long enough to be start to I'll think about alternative means or depend on what's happening? With that's what Kaiser gives you, two hours. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I think it's appropriate to come in with questions. You know, after an hour, you're not seeing the, the baby descending to come in with other suggestions. It's not a reason to go to a cesarean birth, but it's a reason to come in with suggestions. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm naive, man, but I, I, I know that cesareans are elective for vanity on the west side of Los Angeles. It's true. Not vanity. So, not necessarily vanity. That's no. what I want to talk a little bit about. I have other, I have other <laughs> yeah. thoughts on that. There's, there's yeah. some women who have been highly traumatized, and they know for themselves they can't birth a baby out of the vagina, so they're actually making an adult decision. Okay. And, and, to, and to be fair, you know, I, I'm an internist, so I deal with people in the later decades of life almost you know, a lot of the time. And uh, one, I would say give or take 1% 
100% of women that age have urinary and bowel complaints. Mm-hmm. And the ones that have had vaginal deliveries have lots of complaints. Right. And have they been and, followed up with um, perineal health and exercises? Well, that's why we got involved with this Apex M thing and stuff like that. Obviously, this is many, many years ago mm-hmm. that they went through their thing. Um, but again, that's a, it, some people... You would, just referred to giving birth as that thing. <laughs> Just, no, I think uh, no, I going through the I was, thing, birth, giving birth, and then later on in life it causes urinary. Yeah, and then they were doing it back then, in, a, in obviously a different way than mm-hmm. than it can be done, or than it was typically done now, or can be done now. Um, and so the, there was there are some obstetricians that really invested in sort of saving that pelvic architecture as a reason mm-hmm. for C-section. What do you think about that? Um, I think the answer's a lot more complex than what you're um, proposing because also back then you had the moms, they were on twilight sleep. They weren't awake while they were pushing. I know, or they so had, that's what I suspect. What was You know, they're not on? feeling. So I'm, when, I'm to be fair though, But to be fair, though, I've been doing that for 30 years, and a lot of them were mothers at the turn of the century okay. when, I, when I was you know, treating no, them. No, but and, say right. how we were born. How but, were we born? I don't even know. Oh, hospital. We I know, but super, were the yeah, moms unco- unconscious? The Dad, my mom was. Yeah. Dad's in the next room. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I sure. asked my mom questions, I was like, how was I born? She's like, oh, Lizzie. She's like, everything was fine. You know, the water <laughs> broke. I went in, you know, in the evening, and then you were born before lunch. And I'm like, did something happen in those Connecticut 12 Coast experience. hours that I might need to know yeah. about? You know. I I was born. My mother stood up on the on the operation table and squatted me out oh my god she's like i'm in love with your mom baby out she squatted in the middle of the hospital that's why i'm so perfect (laughs) but she ended up in an icu though didn't work out so well (laughs) and i was only four pounds so oh oh okay there's more to the story see there's always more to the story so bob when you were talking which i I love that you're saying that because medical circumstances are are specific Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it's the detail that determines the judgment you apply to that situation. Right. And so as an out-of-hospital yeah. midwife, yeah. we're looking at moms as individual. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that moms can stay safe with us and low risk is we're asking about diet. We're asking about exercise. We're getting to know who they are, how right. they were born. You know, you know. oh, so you want your mom in the room. Oh, you don't really have a good relationship with your mother. Maybe you How's wanna, that going to go? <laughs> right. So maybe if she's in the room and you're not the mother of your child, but you're the daughter of your mother and you turn eight, the eight-year-old's not going to birth a baby out the vagina. So maybe you'd like to make a different decision. And they look at me and they're like, oh, my God. You know, so those are the conversations we're having with the individuals. Here's what, here's for me just a quick aside. That those kinds of conversations go down on, see, the patient was given a philosophy and responded. I'm saying... That patient had a relationship with somebody who had mm-hmm. a point of view that impinged on her system that created a new reality in your relationship with her mm-hmm. in which you together derived a new outcome. Right. right? So, Because people always go, they, like I was, I was just real quick, mm-hmm. the, the, the father of, of, of uh, positive psychology, I heard him talking the other day, and he was saying, oh, my daughter came up to me, long story short, when she was five and said, I've decided not to be crabby anymore. And daddy, if you, if I can be not crabby, you can certainly be not so curmudgeonly, not so nasty anymore. And he thought, 
yeah, what she chose? Why can't I? And and he for, left out the part that it was her the relationship with the daughter that created that that change that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had an mm-hmm. idea, but it was the relationship that created the aha. Uh-huh. That's so it. that's anyway. You were trying to say something. Yeah, no, no. Relationship is a key part of yeah. what we do. Relationship connection, and then we can bring it back to the brain, and we can bring it back to neuroscience. Yeah. So what you're talking about in this relationship, we're creating trust. I will right, we'll take a little break. Take a little break. I'm I'm here with Elizabeth Bachner. She is a Midwife, how, what's your sort of shorthand description of how you like to be referred to? I'm a licensed midwife with there a medical go. board license. Okay, licensed midwife with there a medical go. board license. We'll be right back after this. I'd like to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, Aloe Recovery Centers. I know we can trust it because I started it and I, I work there. I can vouch for that. But the fact is, it's the way we used to do things. You and I? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, basic Minnesota model, really strong boundaries with clients, individualized treatment plans. Absence-based. Yeah, absence-based. Social based. model. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. team. It's a great team. Been there a long time. Some Good. of the people been there since the beginning. But here's the other thing is millennials need to learn how to get their driver's license and get a job. And we're starting a coffee house where the kids are going to work. Right. You know, that type of stuff. So it's like a, the best of the 20th century and a new 21st century model. Which is social, employment rehab. Growing right. up. Vocational rehab. Personal responsibility. in the world, being in the world, yeah. and recovery. Yeah, long term. We have Chrissy on the line My now, life Bob. partner, Welcome, where we Chrissy. call people these days. Mom. Life partner. Mom of magic. Nice. I like that. <laughs> With a magic. Yeah. Uh, magic With a magical yeah. vagina. With JJ. Yeah. So how More magical do- than I ever imagined. <laughs> I love hearing that. Love it. Isn't that awesome that that somebody can be sort of sort of startled at their own body? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. amazing. It was an amazing thing. How I are started you do- crying? How are you doing? I'm I'm all right. I'm not bad considering. So tell us Rick. about the experience from your perspective. Thirty hours of pushing. We, we have Elizabeth here. She's a midwife with a medical board license. Hi. Hi. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to hear your story. Yeah. It's- it's crazy because it feels like it was. It lasted maybe two minutes. Looking back, and it really was like a day and a half. <laughs> well, that's that's Mother Nature being kind to you. That, no, really, yeah. that, that's good. So, um, it but yeah, it was it was unexpected, and I I ended up doing things that I didn't think I could. You like, know, like, like that last the last push. I'm sure Bob talked about. Has he talked about it? Only, yeah, yeah. O- only from the working end. What was it like from the from the head? I don't even know where to start. Where do I start? How much do you guys know? When, when well, I talked up until the the when the first uh, suction thing popped off. Chrissy, I have, I have a question okay. for you. Um, were right. you medicated or unmedicated? Did you have an I, epidural? I had the epidural, uh-huh. and then, but for the first two hours, I'd say I couldn't feel anything. Like I couldn't feel the pushing, so I wasn't. I don't think I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and so they turned down the epidural. Um, and how was that for you? I mean, I was happy because I felt like I was finally doing what I was. I was finally pushing. Great, Interesting, you know, right? I finally had control of my body, so mm-hmm. it hurt, but mm-hmm. it was better than. It was better than feeling like I was getting nowhere. You know how, I mean? how was it when they suggested the, the suction device? The vacuum. Um, the vacuum. What did I you mean, think? at first it's a little scary to hear vacuum, right? Yeah. I'd be scared of I that. Didn't, I, I, that, I didn't that know would, anything uh, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It took it took a couple times of the doctor coming in and mentioning it, and I knew that I, 
after all the hours of pushing, I didn't want to do the cesarean necessarily if I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd give the vacuum a try, and luckily it worked out. So great. Do you yeah. know if do you know what baby uh, position baby was in when baby was born? Like looking straight up or looking down? Looking down, I think. Right. Yeah, okay. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I saw the back about the back of her head. What does that mean? What, what's the difference? Well, yeah, what is that? Um, I was asking about baby's position because one thing that we know as midwives is we're always looking at what position baby is in relationship to the pelvis. And when the chin is tucked to the chest, it's more efficient for the baby to come. And I'm not saying right or wrong. It just makes more of an efficient labor. And there's sometimes where a mom might have challenges pushing because the head's coming in at the side or the baby's looking straight up. And it creates a situation that's not as um, effective or efficient. The shoulders shoulders can get in the way. Mm -hmm. Can I just say, I was watching for the first time ever, and, and the baby's head was coming out and then going back in. That's normal. It was crazy that's looking. The, that's the body. <laughs> that's the so, crowning thing. But the, here's the beauty of that yeah. is that it comes out, it comes under the pubic bone, and it stretches the perineum, and then it goes back. So that is nature working so that it doesn't tear as much. It's a beautiful process. Wow. It's kind of like anal sex. Oh it was like, wow. <laughs> it was wow. like four hours of that. What, hours what of is with <laughs> your mind? I didn't even want to say brain. Did you hear what Susan just said, Chrissy? <laughs> Yes, I did. I was adoring it. Is Mike okay. Catherwood sending you messages or okay, something? Sorry. So I just want to say, I was listening to a wonderful podcast with Sex with Emily talking yeah. about the anal sex, and it informed me as a midwife because yeah, I was I like, bet. oh, the inner sphincter needs to be relaxed See? for the baby to come <laughs> down. I'm friends with her. What can I say? I listened to her Thank her for me. We'll get Emily in here next. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh so, she wanted to come today, actually. Oh. So can you, I want to go back in in the day because it was all day long that she was having contractions, like extre- very painful, painful mm-hmm. contractions. On the way to the hospital, I thought we were going to have the baby in the car. Mm-hmm. Men need to, we need to all communicate better what's going right. on. So, so one of the things that I teach with our families is we try to have them have a safe word because there are words that will come out of mom's mouth like... <laughs> I don't want to do this. Get me an epidural. And what it translates into is get me a new position. Tell me you love me. Tell me I'm doing a good job. Get me into the shower. So when you have a safe word, though, it's a word somebody would never say in a zillion years. And that word mom can use in an empowered way to say, I am no longer just in pain. I'm now suffering. And it's an empowered choice for me to have that epidural. What I'm I'm wondering, but this before we got to the hospital, I think there's a lot of dropping and 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 things are happening yes. that women don't understand what's happening in the car remember Chrissy when you just screamed mm, in the, yeah. the contraction what do you sort think of. that was I I don't know well one of the things this is a myth that birth is just labor's just linear it's like oh the mom goes from zero to four to six to ten centimeters and then we have a baby and it's like no 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 we got the baby turning left and right it's coming down it's coming back up there's effacement going on there's dilation it's like a it's like a beautiful clock and everything just kind of comes together and then you got the hormones in the body and everything moves out of the way the pelvis starts to move the sacrum starts to move out of the way maybe you felt that in the car Chrissy do you think yeah 
sounds like it. <laughs> it was. It was. I can tell you. I was there for every contraction. I didn't leave. Uh-huh. Not one for one second. Like mm-hmm. all guys should not. The one in the car seemed like the most painful, except for the last two pushes. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Like, Chrissy, was that accurate? I, it was pretty painful before I got the epidural. I, like, I, I would say that was the most painful. The 20 minutes before the epidural. That's the hardest, usually. I, I think most people would wonder what percentage of your births are sort of concluded in the manner which everyone anticipates. 80%. Yeah. 80% at our birthing center and home birth practice. And the ones that are um, cesarean tend to be for physiological reasons. You know, every, something, yeah, something yeah. is the body and the baby are saying we need to come out by cesarean. Like there's no soft spot yeah. on the baby's head. So how's the baby going to fit if there's no soft spot and it can't mold? It's not mom's a bad girl. You know, there's there's something going on and we're grateful for the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you were complaining, Bob, a little bit about the aftercare. Is yeah, that that's were? that's the thing that I think a lot of communication does. We're a breastfeeding nation now. But all the mm-hmm. institutions believe in breastfeeding. I don't, I don't but know. But they've got a little punitive with it, haven't they? Didn't somebody tell me this? Somebody said they felt diminished because they, you know, they were they, the breastfeeding team came in and they were aggressive and they were a little. Oh, they bit, don't. You can't leave the hospital unless they give you the thumbs up. No, no, I understand, but they were not just aggressive. But then, then the the mom felt diminished by only going well, for a week. That's part of the patriarchal issue that we were talking <laughs> about it was, at it the was beginning. Female bre- I know it's female, but, but it's that mindset. Yeah. And um, my perspective of a hospital environment, and you can correct me, um, Doctor Drew, is that there's protocols in place, and so people aren't really allowed to look at the individual in front of them and it's, they yeah it's it's military and mm-hmm. financial yes I mean, it's, it's so it's a legal military financial right those are the systems so structured so and then they're overworked I used to yell at you about that remember Bob yeah, yeah. I used to, it's a military I'm not, system I'm not really military don't, I said don't <laughs> screw with the nurses the nurses are trained like military right so you know you've got these wonderful people who have yeah. gotten into a profession that have been systematically been shown you know you do it this way do the numbers do the paperwork it's all and about numbers and patient satisfaction and mm-hmm. yeah but you know I, I i coach people when i talk to them and when they go into a hospital it's like it's very few doctors who become obese because they hate women yes there's some misogynists out there but historically, i don't was a little bit. what was that there was historically a little bit of right that, right but, but now, it's, but not, now so. it's not i mean no. who the hell's going to get up at three o'clock yeah. in the morning you know, for how many years? Right. <laughs> they, hate or they hate babies or they yeah. hate birth itself or the yeah. process. But they're getting overworked. Insurance is running the industry right yes. now and they have to do more and more and more births and they have less and less time to do the kind of care which creates healthy family systems. Well, but our doctors, the doctors we had were great. Yes, you're at Actual a wonderful hospital. That were, mm-hmm. They were amazing. Great. They were amazing. And then came the the next day and the follow up care and the the birth weight drop mm-hmm. and jumping through all the hoops of any system. I don't want to criticize Kaiser. I'm sure it's that. So, every so system. what percentage drop is normal of weight? Ten percent. Right. All babies drop ten percent. The well, they public should. needs they, to they, know that. Well, well. You think your kid's dying? Well, the, um, I. I can't speak to all the public, but I know at our, our um, center, everyone gets breastfeeding classes included, and they learn this before the baby comes, because we're helping them not just birth babies, but helping them become great parents who you, know this. You, you may have actually been given that information, but as you know, you're getting a lot of information. We retain only 20% at a time, under the best of circumstances. So they need to maybe some feedback to that group and say, hey, repeat that every day. Yeah. That's a great idea. Breastfeeding is so underrated. I mean, they don't tell you how hard it is. 
I mentioned how hard it was on Teen Mom, and La Leche attacked me. How who's, dare who's, you for being La Leche? La Leche is a... How would you describe it? You know La, La Leche, Leche is? League is a, is a non-profit group that supports women to breastfeed, and they have wonderful groups Are that get together against, for free. Is, let me stop right there. Are there people against breastfeeding? No. My no father? No against. Really? Is no, really? Yes. really no, I mean, no, no, he's not now. Yeah. But the stories growing up yeah, were... Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, this, really? Yep. Well, and then, and then it was also, the we loved you so much, we're giving you formula because the doctor says it's better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Late well, 60s. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, that's not now. No, now no, there's... Nobody's very pro-breastfeeding, and I think that people, guys need to be informed to help their gals to not feel guilty or right, all this kind of stuff easy that's come as, up this week. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not as easy as you might as your fantasy imagines, and it's a lot of work. The word fantasy is really important mm-hmm. um, that you're mentioning because so many people have fantasy about what the birth is supposed to look like, and if it doesn't look like their fantasy, they failed. Um, same thing with the breastfeeding. And what is, I think, a solution to this is community support. That's you know, and honest conversations. Yeah, that's what La Leche League does offer, and that's where you can Ask find... Ask them not to attack people that are just discussing topics they, they may attack us today for just discussing that breastfeeding has is nuanced it's, it's very very nuanced and every woman is individual and no one should feel shamed if that's something they are unable to do and the other thing and i am going to go on a limb and say this is that if you have a brand new mom who is completely sleep deprived and she's starting to think she's going mentally insane and will never come back from the edge uh, there's nothing wrong with her getting a good four hours of sleep and then coming back and revisiting with more support because the brain, I mean, oh, we imagine, all know. Imagine she tried to breastfeed triplets. Right. Yeah. That's I couldn't a, do it. It's yeah. insane. But you, I mean. It's just not physically possible. Right. Especially with the sleep deprivation yeah. going oh, on. Right. So, so we let, need support. Already there. So let Chrissy describe when the doctor told us. Will you, will you describe when he told you? Like it was a very patriarchal thing. Say mm-hmm. what the what the Pat- doctor told us. Yeah. I'm trying to think. He when said, he said, "I can see the guilt in your eye." Well, yeah. He, well, he, he took a couple minutes and he was doing some calculations on the computer, and he said, "Give me a minute. I'll explain this later." And then he goes, "Oh, he made some kind of sigh, like, oh, that's no good." Oi. And it <laughs> and it was that like doesn't help. And it's it our first follow up visit. Ten percent, right? Oh, that that That's doesn't. Normal. Yeah, it's normal, but the what the the wording is is going to send a mom into a different space. But continue right. though; it got worse. Go crazy. Yeah, and then he he starts talking about how like, we we need to introduce formula to her, and he looked at me and he goes, "You know, I can see there's guilt in your eyes." And um, there was no what, guilt like, what, in her eyes. She was relieved. Was that relief? <laughs> was that well, most women. Well, no, I, I, I wasn't happy. Well, he didn't make it like a. I don't know. It wasn't like he. It, he made me feel like I was doing something wrong. That's guilt. When I know that wasn't. That's guilt, mm-hmm. though. That's guilt. Mm-hmm. It was guilt. Yeah. yeah, it was guilt and all that and. I don't know. I just feel like it could have been done in a softer way. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and, and I'm sure. He would evaluate himself and say the same thing. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I mean, mm-hmm. she was probably busy and whatever. And, yeah, exactly, and, and, doing a hundred things. Yeah, and so. so, are you currently exclusively breastfeeding right now, or are you doing a yeah, little of so each? We did. Yeah, we did formula for a few days, and mm-hmm. then we went to the um, second appointment, and they mentioned I could 
subside with breast with breast milk if mm-hmm. I was pumping. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that. And it's been good. And then you go back to breastfeeding? Is that? Um, I always feel the babies know where the love is and they go back. Now, my question is to you, is it a breast issue or is it like a mouth issue on your baby? Does your baby have tongue tie or lip tie going on? Has anyone talked to you about that? No, no they said that she's great. She has like a great sucking reflex. Great. And, and I feel like I'm producing more now. Great. So maybe in a production thing, mm-hmm. the short term. Mm-hmm. No, they said it was yeah. gorged, though, and then they had me push it down. What? Oh, she was uh, clogged. Cl- what is it, Chrissy? Yeah. She was not. Yeah, yeah, okay. What you guys call it. Mm-hmm. A plugged a plug plug. duck? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I push it down while the... Because here's another thing about nature. So they're telling her she's got to breastfeed and push her breast down. Mm-hmm. There's You don't have enough hands to do that. Right. So somebody else has to do it. Well, that's also where the uh, the pillows come in. But it's also it's the only where, time I felt purposeful. Hang on, <laughs> but there's a really important, really important point to be made here, which is the other piece you had rec- had suggested or brought up, which was this is really a pre and post natal experience. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the differences with out of hospital midwifery care is that. Once the baby's born, we're treating the mother-child dyad. We're doing a home visit at the house. How's it going? How are you feeling? How's baby? How's breastfeeding? Every day, we're making a phone call to check in to see how it's going. does insurance cover your services or not? Oh, that's part of the problem. It would cost insurance less money to have us if everyone who was low risk knew we were a choice. But because they don't, we have to fight tooth and nail. Doesn't this sound familiar? I mean, uh, I could we could do a whole like stuff. ten day podcast retreat on this. This is the stuff we fight in our How about addiction this, field because we're like we we oh my we gosh. know what they but need. Wait, we have, <laughs> there's something even more systemically wrong. I said after two two visits back and forth, and they wanted us at eight thirty in the morning in Hollywood when we live in Claremont. Oh. So we can't do that. It'll be a two hour drive, oh, right? And so and so oh I said, listen, God. can we just pay cash to a to a a, a, a lactation yes. coach? The, the nurse said, I don't know. Well, you know what's interesting? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you would be talking about that. Listen, yes. Bob. Wait, wait, wait. How crazy is that? Bob, I had a, this is years ago now, probably 20 years ago, I had this this super wealthy woman who was fearful of Medicare. She was, just didn't want to be a part of Medicare. She was 80 years old. She could pay cash for everything, and she just didn't want to have any encumbrances on her care in a system. Yeah. Could not be admitted to a hospital. <laughs> You could not. They didn't have a system to manage a right. cash-paying patient. Right. You literally couldn't be admitted mm-hmm. because they don't know what to do, and they had no way to do it. That's what we just bumped into. She could come I in with just us. Wanted someone like you to come to our house. Right, that's part of the care. So you have to pay for it. Insurance will kind of cover it. We're out of network, but but listen, but, but listen. Twenty-four though, hours later, we were, we're in your home. But we were trapped in Kaiser bureaucracy which yeah. we had to go to those visits to show weight sustainable but do you, sustain- do you remember what the doctor said when you said when you brought up bringing money he what? said he said no don't waste your money on that so that is not practicing medicine <laughs> or said, that's an opinion that's an opinion and not medicine but we couldn't yeah. get but why we didn't do it is because we were still going to have to go to their appointments because we were now in 11% weight loss, we had to jump through their hoops. Bob, how many times on this podcast and anywhere people will listen to me have I said bureaucracy is the great evil of our time? It really was Bureaucracy crazy. is the problem. Are you trying to tell me you didn't have the right contacts? That someone couldn't just <laughs> say, I got the name of a lactation consultant who will come to your home? Well, now you do. 
Now you do. I'm here for you. Yeah, no, and they'll spend time, lactation and consultants by the way, will spend time you with you. You can then stretch out your visits. There's ways to diminish the frequency of those visits if you have a professional calling a professional and saying we have one tomorrow here. i'm gonna put little hide little weights around <laughs> sydney's body you're chew, you're, <laughs> dude you're chewing more gum than usual are you okay no, no, no. I got it. <laughs> so. it's two at a time no but I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to like soak her in water before we go because <laughs> if she doesn't go up we're gonna you're be going gonna, every 48 hours no you're gonna get a lactation specialist she here's we'll get there, a lactation there, consultant to come to your the, house the, are there men in your Field? Yeah, um, I don't know of any male lactation consultants, how but about, I do know male midwives. midwives. Midwife means probably a good idea, right? In terms of making the overall shift. Yeah, it's mid- midwife yeah. means with women, yeah. and there's a wonderful male doula in town who's awesome, and he What's does. A doula and a midwife. A doula is the emotional support and the physical comfort, and a midwife is in charge of the health and well-being the of the mom aspect. and baby. The, mm-hmm. the care. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you do you sometimes use both? Yes, absolutely. In the in, back in the day, and hmm. maybe outside of Los Angeles, you needed a doula to advocate for you. But in Los Angeles, we've got wonderful hospitals and wonderful doctors, and so they're doing a lot more of just the emotional support and physical comfort. I would argue that doula with you particularly might mm-hmm. complicate things because you are so invested in the connection having another person there would be like eh, well, yes and no because we have to manage the correct expectations so if I'm in charge of the health and well-being so of the baby are, let me just I get see. technical you can if help, them accept, you can help well, them accept no not things. only that but I have to be awake when that baby's coming out of the vagina in yeah. case I need to yeah. you know give some shots to stop bleeding yeah, yeah. or to resuscitate a baby so I can't be up for three days straight so if they need someone to support oh, them okay. in that way okay, beforehand it. they need a doula so in the in the system we just went through, you would have replaced the birthing nurse, right? You would have been there with just me and her pushing? What? No. Wait, what are you asking? I'm trying to find out how you can hire somebody and control more of your birth in the in hospital. A hospital. In birth the experience. Hospital. Okay. So a doula, just to let well, you know, to be clear, in the emotional support and physical comfort, they cannot tell the medical professional what to do. But the midwife can. If there's a midwife, she has to have privileges in the hospital. And oh, the hospital there that, you go. But the hospital that you were at does have midwives on call and so, available. But it's more of a collaborative effort than like like, right? Yeah, it, the hospital care is um, great care and yeah. great women, but it's different because they have hospital protocols. Yes. Whereas yes. we're out of hospital right, midwives. Right, right, Where right. do you practice mostly? What hospitals? Um, I don't practice in a hospital as a midwife. Oh. I have an accredited birthing center in Silver Lake, Graceful. Where? Where oh my Graceful God. birthing. We, we, we were at dinner with somebody that went to your center last night. Oh, really? Did you deliver a baby last night? Um, I didn't. My midwives did. Yeah. We had a... Co- oh, wow. They came from the party, right? I, I don't they, know the details yet. I just know I had yeah, to That work. was at our table. They went to... They, I was talking to... Uh, to Kristen Shaw, you know, Kristen, and yeah. she's, yeah, and she said, uh, no, they're going to Silver Lake. Then she mentioned the Midwife Center. Oh, we fabulous. Where, where is yeah. it? Across from Pacific Dining Center car? Um, uh, no, 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 you're on, no, that's, we're that's right by, um, uh, we're right by Gobi Restaurant, and it's right across from that fabulous place with coffee and egg croissants. <laughs> uh, that's uh, been around forever, and they've got meetings in the back. Oh, yeah. t- tropical. Yeah, right across from there. Oh, mm-hmm. great. 
So there's a there's also <laughs> all one, about the food and there's Silver also Lake. Also one. There's <laughs> also like, oh, okay, uh-huh, we got gotcha. you. Uh-huh. There's also one in the medical building across from Pacific Dining Car. That's where my friend's daughter was born. They have swimming pools there. They have the, all kinds of things. Sam so, or something. S- swimming pools. So let's just um, um, clarify that they're called birth pools. So they're not okay. huge swimming pools that they birth in. Um, and the there's ones Sydney right there. Hi Sydney. <laughs> Hi Sydney. Hi Sydney. Yeah. Meeting time. <laughs> Get at it. Sydney, we're talking about your birth. over here. Yeah. And, and so a lot of, what most West women that are engaged in the breastfeeding at, by this stage can maintain it for many months to, yes. on average? Yeah. yeah. Once it's, um, it's my experience that mostly when women are in the flow of it and it's working, it just keeps going. And that an average, we're recommending two years? Is that sort of um, recommended? Um, we don't, our moms are love to breastfeed. So we don't have to spend a lot of time really recommending it. And I think, is it, is it, is it who is currently recommending two years, I think? Or is it one Pediatrics year? Society, Pediatrics, I think is, okay. Yeah. So the, one of the reasons again, I don't this know. Is, you know OB and P's are out of my range, but, but I do kind of keep an eye on it. So I uh-huh. think that's true. Yeah. And um, so an interesting story, um, the midwife Jocelyn, who's at our center, the two of us went to Haiti to work for a while. Mm. And all the moms there, as soon as they give birth, they're using um, formula. Because there's this mentality that, oh, if you are of high, like wealthy oh, status. That used to be here too, same thing. Right? So we walked around going, no, 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 no. All the wealthy moms are like breastfeeding until the babies are like three and four. <laughs> That's what they're doing now. And to be fair, the really wealthy moms are breastfeeding until like eight or nine. Or something <laughs> strange things. But whatever. Whatever you're into, so you have a case individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the water births? Where are we at with that? Um, talk to me about what your questions are. Well... Talk about doing something that God didn't intend. You know what I mean? It's, well, I'm just saying. I'm mm-hmm, sure there are cultures mm-hmm. where it's happened, but 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 it's and and I understand the the philosophy and the idea behind it, but I don't know. And, and the baby's going to come out of the water anyway. So the baby is living in water. Yeah, amniotic fluid. What's on the inside? Yeah. And um, in case people listening don't know this, the baby's actually getting oxygen from the umbilical cord yeah. from the placenta. Yeah. So, Bob, did you learn this? What color is baby when the baby's on the inside? Is it pink or blue? I don't know. What color do you think baby is? Chrissy, do you know? I want to say blue. I don't know. Correct. Baby's blue because baby's getting oxygen from that umbilical cord. So the baby's not actually breathing air. So what's going through its nose and mouth? Nothing. Nothing. It's, well, it's drinking the amniotic fluid. Yeah, it fluid. sort of swallows oh. fluid and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't like that? You don't want to drink some amniotic fluid? <laughs> Did you eat the placenta? <laughs> How about let's get into that? Catherwood ate the placenta mm-hmm. for quite some time afterwards, yeah. So so then the baby's being born into the water. The baby's not breathing and it's warm water because the baby's taking a breath when it hits that colder air. Yeah. Okay? And so... And the baby's not swimming in the water. Right. It just It's just sort of in it. Mm-hmm. And now we're pushing them into a... Pool, mm-hmm. and we're keeping everything attached, and we're keeping everything clean. You know, if you're filling it up, you're not using the garden hose. You know, you're using but, but a hose that's never I, been I, used I before. Know, so I, I cannot articulate why I'm uncomfortable with the water birth thing. It, it I feels can respect that. It just it just feels contrived or unnatural or something that you know it's sort of invented by us for to make us feel good. You know what I mean? I, 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 I can understand it from the anthropological point of view. I'm just sort I of hear you. looking at it that way. I, uh-huh. I don't know. I, and I may be totally wrong. There's always better. You know well, what I mean? Maybe it's better. Well, then there's the hundreds of moms who are in labor and transitioning and we get them into the warm water and they just go, 
oh my god thank you and it shifts everything for them and they start to relax Mm -hmm. with the warm water and when a mom relaxes all the muscles down there are relaxing that inner sphincter the perineum i can't argue with that part right that part sounds good Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden and they and it's not overwhelming them as much and they're not as overwhelmed and they feel a little more in control okay yeah so there's those aspects but i hear you all right so there's that. And the, eating the placenta? Where are you with that? <laughs> so I was trained as How an... How dare you laugh? <laughs> We've talked about Chrissy, Chrissy talked about it. Chrissy, did you have your placenta prepared? <laughs> yes, uh, uh, over it. easy. I left it up to the doctors. You left yes, it up to the doctors. They had a frying pan right there on the side, Bob. It was sitting there for a long I've, time. I've been with that one family. It was a big one. It, it was, was a big guy, one, healthy. and it was sitting oh, there for beautiful. a long time. Healthy and juicy. Once you have this... In, once you have this... No, but let me get three of them. <laughs> Could have had she, a barbecue. She, she, had, she had 25 pounds of placenta. Oh, my God. Oh. We could have fed, fed a small village. And how many pounds of baby did you 25 have? pounds. No, 17 pounds of baby. Yeah, three oh pounds of fluid God, or something. Right? So, so here's, I come from the uh, point of view of as an acupuncturist because I was trained as an acupuncturist and herbalist of the medicine in it. And that is to be steamed with different herbs and they have different energetic components. It's in, and that's how I was trained. And then it's you're unique dehydrating biology. it. It's very, it's, placenta is probably one of the most unique organs that nature has ever created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a unbelievable factory. Isn't it amazing? Yes, it's unbelievable. It's like magical. Our bodies it, can make it, right? No, what? our bodies yeah. can't. No, your bodies can't. <laughs> but our, you know, I use the word vagina as to encompass <laughs> to, everything. But it's like magical, right? I'm that person when I drive over bridges. I'm always like, who thought of putting something a car can go on over water, and how did they do that? Right. Start, started with men. Men typically do that. Right. <laughs> so right. No. 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 Give full, full credit. They can think about that yeah. stuff, and they can think about the surgeries and how to do that. But our bodies just do it without even thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, it's let me amazing. tell you something about the placenta. So, so talk to me. when you have this intense, and Chrissy, she explained that the reason why they brought all the scalpels and everything, it wasn't that the C-section would be done in that room, but if something uh, went wrong, they would do it. Well, that's one right? possibility. The other is the episiotomy, which, right. is, which is slitting the... The perineum. Right. So I don't, I, I wasn't. There was a I lot of tools and there was 12 staff members in there. That's a lot. Yeah, it was crazy. That's a lot. It's more like preparing for a crash, I think. Yeah. 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 So I, some of them may be in the pediatric staff too. Yeah, right? they were. They I were. think so. Yeah, they were. So um, I, what I do know about hospitals is that they have protocols in case there is an emergency. It's not necessarily that, that there was one. Yeah, and the room it. can get heightened with a lot of adrenaline okay, because so nobody then, knows. So get what happens. So then. The baby comes out magically. That doctor, just a magician himself, too, with a, a, and her a, vagina. With a vagina, right? The Thank vagina. You. Ma- ma- you need a magician with the magic. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. That's funny. What he did, <laughs> and so then, so then, but but so, <laughs> the magician to handle the magic. Oh my god! <laughs> this guy, I I swear to God, this guy was amazing. So, anyways, so the baby and the ba- I have a, a older son who was very bloodied and whatever mm-hmm. when he came out but Sydney was very clean I walked right over and she was very clean it was very and so everybody was so focused on Sydney and then of course Chrissy that this placenta just sat there in this bucket yeah, on the it, table where all the does. scalpels were so, and we walked past it over and over again and I was thinking I really did think like that thing was doing all magical work right? like for fucking months uh-huh. and now it's just sitting there and nobody cares about it right. so <laughs> that's, that's there, interesting 
So there are some traditions where they will actually honor the magic of that placenta and they bury it outside in the yard in ceremony. Wow. And they put a rose bush on I top of it. I bet you in it. L.A. County that's almost impossible. However, it makes good sense to me. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense than eating it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but uh, the, and who knows? Eating is still that's still discussed. But isn't there so much to investigate in there, and so much that medical schools could use? Or no, they know everything about uh, it. Well, this is the issue more about. I think you're asking what you end up going. I want to know is, what happened to it because now that we're talking about that's it. the big question: Are they using it, and I don't know, selling it because there's so much fabulous stem cells in there? We yeah, don't that's know. what I'm talking about. Well, and that's where yeah, that's where yeah. I was going to go. That's kind of where your question goes is to cord blood and stem cells things like that mm-hmm. and um, what are we doing with it yeah no no what are they doing I don't with know it? Not, I most don't. of them they're not doing there anything there were 16 with, of them were there you, were 16 of them over last weekend at Kaiser Hollywood I'm sure you were offered to save cord blood right did you yeah. go through that whole process mm-hmm. where are we at that where do you feel about that um where do I feel about that? I think that we've made a lot of great discoveries. Yep. And um, the one thing they don't talk about, though, is the benefits of banking the blood in the baby. So what about having the blood being allowed to keep pulsing into baby with all the nutrients and all those stem cells and it being there as the baby grows older? Um, there's also ways of getting stem cells out of other places in the body, too, that nobody talks about. No, we do. We do. Oh, you but, do? Yeah, okay. but it's a little Gets more... Gets into religion. It's more cumbersome, too. No, but my thing with stem cells, why not? You know, why, why, because it's not what God intended. Well, why not? <laughs> I don't care. No, but why not bank it in the baby? No, but I'm, I'm... Well, stem cells don't remain stem cells very long. Unless you freeze, unless you hold them, yeah, that's they, what they move into other things. I'm in the, the cord right? blood registry, right? My uh, idea is also kind of expensive, but my idea is twenty years. From I, now, I would argue both sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I do both. I mean, there's a lot of stem cells. Okay. But anyways, the the idea is that in my mind, I need they can create livers twenty five years from now, and I need one, and I can just say, oh, there, I know where to get them. I know where to get them. No, is that crazy? It's not crazy because liver is the most sort of. It's one I'm most. It's the organ I'm most concerned we're with. Turning, we're going towards uh, then, Gattaca. Hang on a second. <laughs> Why don't we go protect your liver and take one of the treatments that I'm with you're because I, uh, Chrissy, tell her about this. Tell them about the Kaiser situation. Oh <laughs> boy, you, you know the there's right so many hoops type. to jump through. I don't care. Why not? Let's do it. I'm not a good hoop jumper. Drew. Yeah, I'm not either. I hate bureaucracy. You know that. Why don't we nourish your liver with some herbs? Well, well I do. I take good okay. Care. He right. has a virus there that oh, can be okay. cured. Uh, although you're the what you're type one, do you know type one? Yeah, type one A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, and that's the a, most curable. Yes, and easily so. It's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. They're if not going to charge. Get, well, I got to get through some hoops. Wait, you don't have to do that fancy one. There's a, there's an inter- Oh, no, I'm not going to be sick every day for six months. All right. We, all right <laughs> Susan's giving me the, the wrap it up. We so take a wait a minute. I have a question for Chrissy. Chrissy, yeah. how do you feel about the birth of your child? How do I feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I'm actually pretty happy with it. Fabulous. It, it was nothing that I expected mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um but looking back, it was—I wouldn't have changed anything, really. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah, I'm glad you had I a great experience. It. I think that's mm-hmm. what also helps people be connected parents as they as they start to bring up their child. Mm-hmm. And it, as I was in pain, I my mom looked at me and said, "Are you, you want to have another one?" And mm-hmm. I was thinking, like now, like yeah, why not? <laughs> I know I can do it. <laughs> that's great to hear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It's. Um, 
magical in all respects. And uh, women are magical. Their vaginas are magical. <laughs> the relationship are. with the baby is magical. Oh, are, Dr. Those, Drew, you made me very happy right now. Those now are good words uh-huh. for this. And how it about is. this? So so she's named after Magic Johnson, the middle name, because yeah. that's Chrissy's favorite guy, yeah. right? Mm. Magic Johnson's birthday is August 14th, same day Sid's born. Nice. Well Love done. It. How great Look is that? that. Mm-hmm. This is the domain of my wife, Susan, <laughs> Susan with those, all the other sort of unexplainables. No yes. All right. No so uh, let me, uh, we didn't get deep into our friends at, at Bergamot, speaking of the liver, um, but I want to remind people about them. Uh, Bergamot Mega Plus, nutritional supplement, take it twice a day. It's an HM, It's a natural HMGQA reductase inhibitor. It's what we, it's what a statin essentially is, but it's a natural version of that. Yeah, it's it's something to help lower cholesterol, reduce insulin resistance, and it's uh, shown to have some sort of remarkable results with uh, fatty liver. It's a polyphenol. It's very rich in polyphenol. It's from the bergamot fruit. And, uh, you know, talk to your doctor about this. Do not do anything. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying do this on my recommendation. Talk to your doctor about it. And when you tell you buy two bottles, you get one free. Learn more at bergametna.com. That is bergamet, B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T-N-A.com. And click through on the Bergamot Manor on our website. Elizabeth, this was fun. Oh, I had a we should, great we should, time. We, should, we, should, we could do a little mini-series on this because yeah. it's a huge, huge topic, obviously. Love it. And, and and maybe what we ought to do... Well, I want to have her back as a child psychologist because I, I want to know exactly about... That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm watching all across Los Angeles madness raising children yeah. and oh, I want your take yeah. on so yeah. much of it will yeah. you come back absolutely I yeah, would love to the, I have an atta- opinion the, she, she's, she's there's in too much attachment well <laughs> it's the wrong kind That's, of attachment let's say yes or, I mean uh, we, we need more adults <laughs> attaching having healthy attachment with children how's that for an answer <laughs> okay Right, yeah, Bob. Right? I'm always too harsh, but I just no, I, no, no. I'm also have said. a five year old, and I'm living in that world, no, and it's Bob, just madness. Hang on, listen to what you said. Complete whole adults, adults there, of which Con- there are very few in Los Thank Angeles. You. Attaching, and people don't really Healthy know what that attachment. means. Healthy attachment to another human, we call a baby, a child, and we can get into the details. Dan Siegel's is one of my friends and, and heroes, and Alan I love Shore him. and all these guys. They're all fantastic, and so mm-hmm. we, she's a disciple of all that. So that's why we resonate so profoundly. Come back, and we'll talk about that. Fabulous. Done and done, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll thank see you, you next time. Thank you very much. I'm just saying, you really are so special. I'm actually open for this week. Pretty open. Special. Especially to me. I'm just saying, you really are so special. Special. Especially to me. I'm just saying, you really are so special. Just say
special Special Especially to me I'm just saying You really are so special Special Especially to me I'm just saying you really are so special Special Especially to me